for what you are about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you who uh, were not here, we started the journey two weeks ago. Last week was our prayer and fasting, so I didn't continue. But today I want to talk on the same subject. Let's go to the book of John chapter 4. It is a very, very long reading we're going to do here. John chapter 4. I don't know why today your screen, I need a, yes, very good, amen. In the book of John chapter 4, verse 1 to 26, it's a long reading, but I don't want to assume you know the story, otherwise you'll miss the detail of what makes the scripture more potent. The Bible said the Pharisees had that Jesus was gaining, uh, was, was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned, when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. Now take note of the verse number four. He had to go through Samaria. This is a big problem. If you don't know the intensity and the gravity of this text, you will take it for likely when you see the verse number four. The Bible says he had to go through Samaria. I will explain more to it. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Or Sychar. Near the plot of ground John had given to his son Joseph. Joseph well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was, from the journey, he sat down by the well. It was about the set hour. This was also a very detailed thing to take note of. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said unto her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you a living water. Wow. That is also a powerful text. Eh? Said, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Even that one is a mystery. Do you know why the well was deep? Because of the time she came to fetch the water. Because according to the text, it was during the sixth hour, no, not much people go to fetch water. So it is deep because many have fetched the water. He said, where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father John who gave us the well and, and dark and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flock and his herds. There's a long reading. Jesus answered everyone who drink this water will be thirsty again. But whosoever drink the water I give him will never test. Indeed, the water I give you will become in him a stream of water. A stream of water welling up to eternal life. 
the woman said unto him, Say, Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. This is a big problem. So if you look at Jesus and this woman who is in need, this woman is more in need, I promise you, from all the text. He told her, go, and go, call me your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said unto her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Said the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Take note of this. I can what? See. It means because she couldn't see. Watch it out. Our father, our fathers worship on this mountains, but you Jew claim that the place where we worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritan worship what you do not know. It's a problem. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jew. Yet a time is coming and has come now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshipers that the father seeketh God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship him look at the words used must worship him in spirit and in truth the woman said I know that I know the woman said I know that Messiah called Christ is coming when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you, am he. Amen. Look at the face of your neighbor and say, if only you knew. <laughs> say to your neighbor, if only you knew. <laughs> the problem is that you don't know. One of the things that makes God God is that He knows. And the Bible calls Him, He's the God who is omniscient. It means His word is all knowing. Praise the Lord. He knows the end from the beginning. And that is the mysticity about the God we are serving. I pray that today you will come to the place of knowing in the name of Jesus. I explained to you because of those of us who were not here last two weeks. I want you to understand that one thing I picked from this text. I know people have preached many things regarding this text. Where they say that the true worshippers and they explain the true worshippers. I am not so interested in the true worshippers. Even though I'll be talking slightly about it. I am more concerned about the attitude of the woman. And I did explain to you. An attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about something. And I told you that the other meaning is that it is an individual disposition, state of mind regarding a value or, uh, and it is, pre, it is precipitated by the fact, when I say precipitated, I am telling you that 
it is coming, it is as a result through the exposition, through the knowledge that individual has acquired. And I did express to you that this woman's behavior, it is not the way she would like to behave herself, but because of what has preceded in her mental faculty, it has made her gain this attitude. Most simply put, when I define attitude in psychology, are the feeling an individual have about themselves and their environment or world. I told you that attitude is a mental and natural state of readiness organized through experience, exerting a directive or a dynamic influence upon individuals respond to all objects and situations with which it is related. This definition was given by G.W. Oppott. He's telling you that it is a mental and natural state of readiness organized through experience, exerting a directive or dynamic influence upon individuals respond to objects or situation. Unquote. If I try to explain it, if somebody, if you hear a sound that sounds like a gun, immediately you begin to run because you have preconceived idea that when you hear a gunshot, you have to run. There are people who you encounter and sometimes you see beggars on the street and sometimes when they ask you for arm and you have a preconceived and pre, um, you have an experience of somebody duping you with that kind of behavior, it automatically control the way you behave. And I want you to understand that to be more specific, an attitude may be defined as a mental state of an individual which prepares him to react or make him behave in a particular predetermined way. It is usually acquired feeling. It is very important you understand this. I'm not going to talk about it much, but I want you to understand I spoke about few characteristics about an attitude. I said to you that attitude are predisposition. Attitude are predisposition of purpose, interest, or opinion of a person to assess some objects in a favorable or unfavorable way. Now, there are certain women who have encountered men who have deceived them, or women who have encountered women who have deceived them, either way around, and by virtue of their deceiving, it makes them very particular about the way they react towards people. Praise the Lord. And I want you to understand that it is a preconceived idea. And I'm telling you, it's a word. An attitude, attitude are predisposition. Your attitude is dependent upon your experience, what you know already. Praise the Lord. So if you don't like the way I am behaving, you have to change what I know already. Praise the Lord. Attitude are evaluative statement. So it has evaluated it. I want you to get the podcast and listen to it. Attitude influences human behavior. Your attitude is influencing your behavior. Behavior is the last stage of the process of your attitude. Attitude are intense um, Attitude have intensity, which means that it determines the way you behave. The gravity or the extent is determined by your attitude. Attitude are learned, which means that if you don't like the way you are, your attitude is, you can change it. Because whether you succeed or not is based on your attitude. Tell, tell your neighbor it is based on your attitude. How will it be that the attitude I have 
It's not the one that will lead me to success. It means that I have been predetermined to fail. But glory be to God that my attitude can change. If what contributed my attitude can be changed. I pray that today whatever attitude you have. That causes you to be unproductive and unfruitful. God will change it today in Jesus name. I told you about the component of attitude. I said that the composition of an attitude is based on your cognitive composition. Your cognitive domain which means that what you take into your mental faculty. What you take into your mind component about this component I'm referring to is associated with the value statement. It consists of values, beliefs, ideas and other information that a person may have faith in. So by virtue of this preconceived, when you listen to the text carefully, the Bible says the woman asks Jesus, are you better than our fathers? Are you better? Which means that she's got a preconceived idea about their fathers, her fathers. And that is very important for you to understand. Get the podcast and it will be a blessing to you. Number two. I said that your mental faculty, what you read, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, it is going to control your the next stage after what we call, after the composition of the cognitive, you come to the point we call the affective domain. Affective domain is associated with individual feeling about another person, which may be positive or negative. So if you hear something about Crossfire Church, it will position you in the in the behavior, whether positive or negative. If somebody tell, telling you that uh, I, I come from Nigeria, immediately you have a preconceived idea about Nigerians. It either controls your behavior positively or negatively. The behavior of the woman would have been different if Jesus was not from was not a Jew. Her behavior would be totally different. But because she got to know that Jesus was a Jew, immediately her behavior became negative. And that is that problem that most of us can be having, that you have preconceived idea. Maybe most of you don't like Ghanaians. Most of you don't like maybe people from the United Kingdom. Maybe you don't like somebody from Nigeria or Sierra Leone or Afghanistan or from Germany or from Italy. And by cause of that, it has made you have some preconceived idea. Even if God decides to bless you through such a person, your attitude will not be right. But today I pray that may God modify and not treat every perception you have about anybody who have been destined to be a blessing to you. In the name of Jesus. Now, after you receive it in your cognitive domain, it affects you to have a feeling, whether positive or negative. Now, the next thing that comes, which is the third domain of attitude, is what we call the behavioral component. Now, what I am be- how I am behaving is based on what I know. And what I know is influencing my feelings. And what I am feeling is controlling my behavior. So, if you want to control my behavior, you must change my mind. That is why the Bible says, be ye transformed through the renewing of your mind. Because by the renewing of your mind, you'll be able to prove. You'll be able to test. What is good and acceptable will of God. And I pray today that not only would your behavior change and your mind will not change. Because if your mind is not changed and your behavior change, you bounce back to that same place of beginning. And I pray today that your behavior will conform with your mind. In the name of Jesus. Are you blessed? Now let me, this is what I spoke about last week. Now let me continue from there. 
Now I told you that the geographical uh, the geography helps us to understand the story in John chapter 4. In Jesus' days, there were three regions stacked on top of each other. So it's like a line. One is at the top, one is in the middle, one is at the end. And that is how it has been positioned. Praise the Lord. There was Galilee in the north. And Samaria in, uh, and what do you call it? Samaria in the middle. The, the, and, and in the middle. And Judea in the south. So we have north, south. And in the middle, we have, we have what it takes there. So we have Galilee at the north. Samaria in the middle. And Judea at the world, at the south. The easiest and quickest way to get to Galilee from Judea was to go, was go due north, right through Samaria. In the verse number four of the chapter four says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, why did he have to go through Samaria? The answer is there was a need for him to go through there. Which means that there was other means he can go through there. Praise the Lord. Now, if you are going through the middle, if you are going through the middle, which happened to be Samaria, most Jews, when they are passing there, they don't delay there. They go through quickly. And they go through quickly because it is a problem or troublesome area. Because of the conflict among the Jews and the Samaritans. But the Bible said that when he got there, he was tired. Ah, I feel like preaching here. Let me put this aside. He felt like what? As he was tired, he felt like what? Sitting. Today, I pray that God will sit on your behalf. Had it not been the sitting of Jesus, this woman wouldn't have an encounter with him. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said that this was out of the way of him, but he had to go through it. The Jews and the Samaritans disliked each other. It was... It went back to 722 before Christ when the Assyrian conquered Israel and took the northern ten tribes into captivity. They brought Gentiles from other areas to settle in that same region. Eventually, those Gentiles with their pagan way uh, intermarried with the Jews who had been left behind. Over the generation, those people were called Samaritans and they developed their own religion. That was partly based on the pagan ideas and partly based on the Judaism. Eventually, they built their own temple at that place called Mount Jerusalem. And the Bible said they developed their own language and, and they developed their own Bible. That is when they picked the five books of Moses. That brings us back to the verse number three. Why Jesus had to go through Samaria when the Jews... Neither didn't go through there at all or pass through it quickly as possible. The answer is simply and proven. Jesus went because he intended to meet the woman at the well. He knew she would be coming to the world to, to fetch water at the precise time. And the Bible said that he sat down. The mystery about sitting down is that it is intended. It is a deliberate and conscious act of Jesus. He wasn't just standing there just because one would tell me at an, an error. But he sat down. I pray over your life that God will sit down on your marriage. I pray over your life that God will sit up in your finances. In the name of Jesus. 
The reason being that the woman at the well, according to the standard and according to the things we've read, there was no way this woman will ever have encounter with Jesus had it not been the grace of God. I pray that grace will locate you. Now the Bible said that the reason being that from all standards, she was disqualified. The fact is, this woman had five husbands. That is why she was disqualified. She was somebody who was not uh, uh, somebody who by virtue of, of divinity will be able to have an encounter with God. Because one of the things that was so common in that text is that he said the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Which means that she must be a mature Christian who is able to determine what is good and what is evil by use of exercise. She has not got the spirit of discernment to distinguish between which you to relate to and which one not to relate to. Precious one, I promise you today, if somebody ever told you that, that God cannot bless you, it's a lie. But most people or all of us will be blessed by God through the medium of people. Anybody who wants to go up or walk into the destiny of God, God will release people into your life. I have heard many people saying that I don't trust any man. If you don't trust any man, then you are not going to succeed in life because everything you do to succeed, you need to trust somebody to move forward. I pray that today God will give you the anointing to distinguish, to distinguish the sheep from the wolves. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going somewhere big with me. The Bible never said. When the Bible says she's married five wives. It would have been easier. If that woman had married five husbands. And yes all of them are dead. She qualifies to marry the next person. But the Bible never said all of them are dead. The Bible says she's married five men. But now that sixth one. Is even not her husband, which means, and the Bible never said all of them were dead. Because when you read the Bible, you understand that if they were dead, it wasn't a problem then. Because they are dead, so she can move on. But the Bible said that in a disqualification, God had to qualify her in the name of Jesus. The Bible never said the husbands were dead. She delighted in unfaithfulness. She delighted in what? Unfaithfulness. She delighted in what I call uncommittedness. Oh my God, the devil is a liar. I've already spoken about the six C. I told you that competency, capacity, character, and, and all the other ones are those that makes one become great. But I pray today that in the disqualification of the Samaritan woman, the grace of God appeared unto her. I pray that whatever you have been disqualified in, because of the destitute of your life and your mental faculty, today grace will appear on you in the name of Jesus let me slow down here in John chapter 4 verse 18 the Bible said the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband what you have just said is quite true her openness and readiness listen to the key words here her openness readiness and truthfulness cause her to enjoy the prophetic destiny of her life i will repeat her openness readiness and truthfulness cause her to enjoy the prophetic destiny of her life if you take all of these three keywords she would have been disqualified 
Oh, you have no idea. You have to know this. The reason why the Samaritan woman couldn't manifest her destiny, purpose, was because of her lack of knowledge. Now, I, I, I spoke about knowledge some time ago, and I told you that knowledge is not the absence of information. Sometimes it is not the absence of information, but it's the, it's the absence of the right information. Let me break it down here. Last time I was, I was the first time I was, I was locating, locating the community center, which is right down here. I was told by one guy who was coming to the church some time ago. He said that on my way to the church, I got here, I got to this place, this point, he showed me there. He said, when I got here, I saw somebody, whether white or black, don't worry. I saw somebody down here. And he was, he was an indigenous person. So I believe he should know where I'm, I was going. So I asked him from the right place I was standing. I said, where is the community center? He said, the community center is there. Then he moved to, from the place of rightness to the place where it was wrong. I believe that this person lacked knowledge of the community center. But I think what he knows is not what the guy is looking for. So sometimes you know something, but that is not what will give you the breakthrough. And that was the problem of this woman. She knew something, but what she knew was even wrong. The reason why she knew the wrong thing is not because she wanted to know the wrong thing, but because she, the people she trusted in, the people she confided in, knew the wrong thing. But I pray in your life that those who are giving you wrong information, when you thought they knew the rightful information, may God intervene in your life in the name of Jesus. It is like somebody whose marriage is not working. And you are taking advice from somebody who doesn't know what it takes to make it succeed. There is no way you will be right. Unless God intervene. Today, God will intervene. I said today, God intervene. Due to the wrong knowledge which she received. It led to the wrong understanding. If you have the wrong knowledge... Definitely, you will have the wrong understanding. If you have the wrong understanding, definitely you will have the wrong application. Do you get it? So the wrong knowledge led to the mis misunderstanding of her, which led to her misapplication. I pray today, the source of your problem is the lack of knowledge. Look at me somebody. When you lack the knowledge of God, God cannot do much with you. How did I find out? The Bible said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It is not the people of the world. The children of God perish. The only thing that can cause a believer to perish is knowledge. The knowledge of God. I pray today, you will not perish because of the knowledge of God in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, this woman is a serious woman. The Bible said in the verse number 10 of the chapter 4, the Bible said Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God who it is that asks you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you a living water let me break it down here for you let me, let me try and expansiate it hallelujah Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
God is always in need. God is always in need. Anybody God blessed in the Bible had to solve a need of God. Anybody who went, who saw the glory of God had to The glory of God is revealed when we open up to God, when we align ourselves to the purposes of God. I never knew that when Solomon, every time I pray that God give me the wisdom you give to Solomon. When you read the preceding text, the Bible said that Solomon sacrificed thousands of of sheep and whatever it is unto God. And when God received the, the smell of the worship, the Bible said he came down. So Solomon rendered something to solve a problem in heaven, and heaven came down to him. Most often, I never knew that it is a problem. Most of us want to be pro- prosperous. Most of us want to be successful. There is, not, there is no one event you will do that makes you successful. It's not possible. You don't do one thing and it makes you successful. No, you don't do one thing. I will, it's ambiguous. Let me disambiguate it for you. Let me take the marriage. You don't cook for your husband for your, your, hus- your marriage to work. Okay? So cooking doesn't make the marriage work. Cooking alone, on its own, doesn't make the marriage work. Cleaning the house alone doesn't make the marriage work. Alone, it doesn't make it work. But for a marriage to be successful, it takes a lot of things that come together to make it succeed. If you want to pass in your education, you want to succeed in your school, schooling, it is not just studying that makes you pass. If somebody told you studying is what makes people pass, it is not true. Praise the Lord. There are things you need to learn to help you to pass. Let me help you. Do you know that when the term starts and you revise and it is getting close to exam and you don't revise, do you know there is a chance you will fail? But also if it's getting close to exam and you revise, you, you learn, do you know there is also a chance you can also fail? Because you have not entrained the things in you, you are just learning. So it takes so much now, it takes so much to be able to succeed in something. It is not just one thing that makes you succeed. And therefore believers must stop. Most of us think that one thing God will do. God will do one thing in your life and everything will work for you. It doesn't just happen. It takes so much for something to succeed. I like it when my favorite text. In John chapter 12 verse 24. It said a seed of corn falls on the ground. I thought that was the only qualification. Falls on the ground. There are many people who fall, who fell on the ground. Do you know Jesus even gave a parable? He said that the sower went to sow, and some fell on the wayside. Did they did they bear fruit? Some fell on the stone. Did they bear fruit? Some fell on tongue. Did they bear fruit? So it is not everywhere you fall that make you succeed. The same thing, it is not every woman you marry that will make your marriage succeed. If it's not every school that will make... There are certain schools when you go to, 
you are destined your children will succeed why because the environment influences the extensity to which one goes in life the woman's failure was because of her environment I pray today that your environment will be a traitor in Jesus name her attitude towards the word of God wasn't right and for the word of God to be productive and fruitful in our lives we need the rightful attitude the first thing she must do to change her current attitude was to let go everything she knew about Jews if this woman kept anything that she knew before about you there was no way she would have encountered the grace of God praise the Lord are you ready to let go that unbelief and doubt in your heart are you ready to let go the information that you know precious one there is so much God is willing to do but he cannot do much. Listen to me, somebody. When you have a bottle full of water, you can't replace it with another drink. Why? Because there is something in already. But God said, I want to, God wants me to tell you that there is something he wants to do in your life. And the only way he can get it done is for you to have your mind renewed. Let go of the information you have and you'll see the glory of God. Tell your neighbor, you will see the glory of God. I'm going to tell your neighbor, let go what you know. Let go what your flesh is telling you. So that divine God, the divinity of God will replace it. Let me expansate this point. There was a time Jesus borrowed a boat from Peter. And after he borrowed the boat and stood in it and preached the gospel, the Bible said, Peter was washing his net. And after you wash the net as a fisherman, you wait for the next harvest, for the next catching. But the Bible said that Jesus told Peter after he has washed his net, he said, launch your net into the deep. The Bible said, Peter said, Lord, I want you to wait. There is a knowledge and information I have that tells me that you can't get fish in the place you are telling me. The Bible said, he said, we have told the whole night, not at the shore, but in the inner part of the sea, where there is so much fish. The Bible said, that Peter said, but Lord, I am ready to let go what I know. And the Bible said, she launched the net and immediately because he changed his mind he changed the outcome of what was coming out I pray in the name of Jesus every outcome you don't like I pray that the input will change to change the output in the name of Jesus Ah, you don't understand this my Bible said this woman said that I will not give you what she wants but later did she find out that sometimes the people who are asking us for things are the people who have what we need the Bible said if, if you had known the problem is that you don't know and because you don't know you can't give it a try oh, I was talking to a man at my workplace who said to me and it was so painful he said that you don't as a husband don't trust your wife because women are bad I said to him who did this to you somebody has indoctrinated your mind and because of that even if a good woman sent by God into your life you will not treat her well 
because somebody has has intoxicated your mind I pray that whatever you know that you think it is right that is not going to benefit you I pray that may God change it in the name of Jesus Uh, you don't understand this you don't understand this her whole life the bible says she has been misled my people who didn't know he said my people didn't know if your people didn't know there is no way you will know but i pray that every atmosphere in your life that is influencing you wrongly the lord will intervene in the name of jesus in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it said be not conformed to the pattern of this world conforming to the pattern of this world is the way the world thinks, it's the knowledge of this world, it said be you transformed through the renewing of your mind it has, when we talk about renew it is extrapolated from two words, re and new which means that it was new before, but something made it new, but I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever has taken the newness of God, whatever has taken the place of God, making you walk in the place of scarcity when you have to walk in the place of abundance, walking in the place of literacy walking in the place of not being literal but always you are encountering things that are not of God walking in the place of need but your place your rightful place is the place of abundance walking in the place of sadness but your rightful place is a place of joy walking in the place of ill health every time you are sick every time you are in pain every time you are in disappointment every time you are in disagreement I pray over your life whatever is causing disagreement and unqualification in your life may God intervene Oh, you know, as Jesus was ministering, ministering to the woman, immediately her eyes was opened. I pray today that as you hear the word of God, the word of God I'm preaching today, it must do something to your body. If it doesn't do something to your body, if it doesn't change your cognitive perceptivity, then definitely your affective domain is also not going to be right. But I pray today, whatever word you have heard from God, may you give it the necessary attention in the mighty name of Jesus come on shout I will give him attention I wrote in my book there are some things that you can only receive after you pay attention my bible said that Moses saw the bush burning but not consume the bible said he said let me turn aside and look why it is happening so the bible said when he turned to look and the lord realized that he turned to look the bible said God called him I pray over your life whatever carries your breakthrough whatever carries your joy that you have not given it the necessary attention. I pray over your life. May that anointing that will cause you to pay attention to it come upon you in the name of Jesus. Most of the children here, you are saying that math is difficult or English is difficult. It's because you have not given it the necessary attention. Many years ago, I was so bad at math. I didn't even know one plus one. If you hear my testimony, you will cry for me. At the age of 15, I couldn't spell girl. I can only spell boy because I was a boy. I could not spell girl. But when I had an encounter with God, and the Bible told me because the 
people I was with, my head teacher told me I will amount to nothing. When I believe it, I amounted to nothing. But in 1995, when I encountered God, he said, I take the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. He said, is there anything too hard for me? He said, open your mouth and I will fill it. He said, come unto me, all ye that are laden and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I didn't understood what it means, but I gave it the necessary attention. When the Lord touched my lips, I could not speak properly. When God touched my lips, he took me from the miracle and set me upon the rock like he said to David. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leaded me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. How did I find out? You don't understand this text. When you read the story of David, David was even ostracized. His own people could not remember him. Even his own father forgot about him. Who is here who has been forgotten by your family? But the Lord who watches over Israel, he neither sleep nor slumber. He said, I watches over my word to perform it come to pass. I prophesy upon your life that whatever you need to know to cause the God of my life to manifest in your finances, to manifest in your marriage, to manifest in the life of your children. I pray today that God will appear to you in the name of Jesus. If you are a young person here and you have been failing, I want you to trust God because He said, If anyone lack wisdom, let them ask of the Lord. Don't ask your teacher, they will just judge you by what they can see. But glory be to God that God sees beyond what men can see. The Bible said, The rejected one became the accepted one. I pray over your life that God will appear to you today. I said God will appear to you today. I said God will appear to you today. Jesus said something I want you to do. In John chapter 4, verse number 21, the woman replied, believe me, believe me, believe me, somebody. Jesus said, believe me. I want you to believe. The problem is that you don't believe. You don't just believe, my brother, my sister. You must believe. Inability to believe is the inability of God to manifest. The Bible said he went into his own town. He could not do much miracles because of their unbelief. Our lack of knowledge can cause one to perish, but unbelief can cause that person not to encounter God. I pray over your life that greatness is coming to your life. I say greatness is coming to your life in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together there. Uh, you don't understand me. You, don't, you just don't understand. Because of time, let me level it here for you. Many years ago, many years ago, I encountered a man of God. When I encountered this man of God, I didn't know how to relate to him. My spiritual father coach, I was doing so many things, looking at the wrong people, wrong things around me, focusing on the wrong things. One day the Lord opened my eyes and told me, son, I want you to respect this man of God because that is how I've changed your destiny. When I phoned him and I told him, 
there was another dream that came up and he said to me son if you don't give me the necessary attention you know you will not get what you have to get most of you children here your greatness in life is through your parents listen your parents carry the doors of your life the reason why the society is failing is that the family is first failing our society is a reflection of the family i want to beg of you if there is any greatness ever since i knew god the next thing god taught me is that honor thy father and thy mother it's a so that thy days on earth shall be prolonged. Ah, you don't understand this. If you honor your father and mother, the rest of the things become more successful. <laughs> Hallelujah. This was the tax that was given to children. Not to say that it's going to be easy. There were times my mom told me, there was a time I was going for a crusade. My mom told me not to go. I thought my mother was possessed by the devil. Guess what? The crusade was canceled. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this thing and I'll finish with it. Now, these are not easy to eat. I was listening to a man of God who said, he had to borrow a trousers from his friends. A friend of his, he borrowed the trousers in order to be able to propose to a woman. He said he borrowed the trousers and wore it, proposed to the woman. Right in front of the woman, the owner of the trousers came for his trousers. I heard this man of God saying that I had only one car. And my mother told me, my, the Lord told me, I should give that car out. Then I went to tell my wife, that this is what the Lord is saying. Tell me to a good wife who said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. This wife, man of God, relinquished this car. When I listen to this man, he's not telling me. I am not saying that he sat down and felt like giving the car out. He said, the Lord told him. Precious one, how many things are the Lord telling you that you are not paying attention to? This man who was really rejected by his own people. He said that you can be the eldest in your family, but you'll be the least or sometimes you'll not be told what happens. Why? Because you don't have what it takes to change it even when you are told. He said they got to a point that they couldn't invite him for a meeting. And he said, why didn't you tell me? They said, they said right on his face if they even tell you what would you do and this man of God taught me he taught me the principle of giving then I saw a text in the bible we said that there is he that's cutting but never lack and there is he that withholdeth, but lack I said there is a problem it is violating the principle of nature. Precious one, if listen, if you fail in your generation, if we fail in our generation, then we are a typical disappointment on this earth. 
if you are broke in this generation, serving the God, and I hear Christians say that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the gold, the silver belong to God. For the Father, it belongs to God, doesn't mean it's for you. Because as long as the, the heir remains a child, it's not going to enjoy what it sees. Tonight, today, the message I'm bringing to you is that there is something that carries your breakthrough. There is something you are already tired in. That God wants to replace it, but he can't replace it for you. He can't change it for you with the level of mindset you have. Praise the Lord. He said, is there... Listen, sometimes you have to quote the scriptures like you know what you are saying. He said, is there anything too hard for me? Do you understand this? He said, is there anything too hard for me? I remember I received a phone call, a letter from the home office on Friday. Said, we are giving you 28 days. Move back to your country. I receive it on Friday. By the time I put that information through a spiritual antenna, it came out on Monday. A phone call came on Monday saying, we are sorry, it was an error. What do you mean he can't do what he said? The only way you can hold him accountable is when you hold his word accountable. This woman left the place. When she came to the place, she thought the only way you get water is with a jar. The Bible says she left the jar at the well and went to the city. Why? Because she's found the secret that it is not by the jar that you get your belly filled with living water. Stand on your feet, somebody. Stand on your feet. I know it is time, but there is something God wants to do in your life. I see some, some Christians on this land. They say, I will not go to... I will not go to a, a young person's church, who, a young person who is passing the church. But little will they find out that maybe that this young pastor may be like David, who is young, but he's the one who killed the Goliath in your life. They don't understand it. We have become too conscientious about fleshly things. I want you to pray to God that, Father, I don't want to come to the same world every day. Whatever I know that is not helping me, to cause my belly to flow rivers of living water. Cause me to know what I don't know. To do what I, I cannot do. Begin to pray somebody. Place your hand on your chest. I pray for you today. That the grace of God will manifest in your life. That the anointing of God will manifest in your life in the name of Jesus. May the anointing of God. That catapult one from the place of ignorance into the place of knowing appear to us in the name of Jesus. May God magnify himself in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. As you leave this place, may you encounter grace in the name of Jesus. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we